Well, hey, everybody, welcome to the Redeeming Identity podcast, where we empower sons and daughters of the perfect Heavenly Father to live from our true core God-given identity. This is Aaron. I'm here with my beautiful, amazing, lovely wife that is such a blessing to me. <laughs> yes. yes, we got our new little studio slash piano room slash guest fan. bedroom. Do everything <laughs> happens when we have a Christmas break. That's right. Get new toys. That's right. <laughs> so I do know that it's been a little while uh, since we've been here. Um, it actually, the last time we released a podcast, and I remember, I think what I said is uh, like something along the lines of, we're not going to stop. You know, he's not going to stop us. And he hasn't really. Um, but, uh, life happens and things like that. So yes. how, how are you doing tonight? What, Good. What's Still, been, it's a little late for us to be doing I this. Know. So. It's a little after nine o'clock. My <laughs> wife usually goes to bed. I am. I love to sleep. Yep. So she okay. loves sleep. That is, her <laughs> love language is, is actually napping. <laughs> not much no. of a napper i just like to sleep i like to go to bed i can go to bed mm-hmm. early at nine yep. and still sleep till nine the next day i know I just enjoy the sleep. that's 12 hours i can't do that yes you yeah. know i went to bed last night at almost 11 after cleaning up everything and then i woke up at four o'clock and no. <laughs> just had a full day mm-hmm. so i know that's probably not healthy it's not either. healthy for me to sleep for 12 hours but so, you know um a lot has been going on in our world since then october 12th and i i don't remember i don't think we even when we recorded i don't think the um the attack from Hamas and Israel had happened. And man, there's just been so much going on in our world. And the Lord is, is definitely, uh, every day, obviously he's closer now than he, than he was the day before. But, uh, definitely when we look around us, um, there's been some, some kind of crazy stuff, uh, in the news as well. We had, uh, a, there's a, a couple, whose daughter out of uh, Montana was taken from their custody and um, because they refused to affirm her. How old do you remember how old she was? 12. Well, she first started when she was 12. She basically wanted to, uh, you know, go by a male name and came out to, actually her youth leaders like mm. and other students that she was at church with and they notified the parents and that started the cycle of everything. But eventually um, through just all the, you know, they tried to get her counseling and things weren't working. And so she, you know, went to say that she, one day she tried to, or she said that she tried to commit suicide Although she didn't, she was just angry, is what the parents said. But anyway, not to go long story short, you know, here we have a, a godly parents that are just trying to help their child and raise them in biblical mm. truth. And the government has basically deemed them unfit parents and took her from their home. And now they're facing legal action and possible prison sentence, sentencing because of it in Montana. In Montana, which 
some would think is a state that would be kind of against it. So, um, you know, one of the, yeah, there's, there's just a lot going on. So, uh, personal life, you know, we went through, had Thanksgiving, we had Christmas, um, and Megan and I, we've been navigating some more stuff dealing with the endometriosis and the results of the surgery that happened back in August and just some nerve pain, some, some mm-hmm. stuff we're trying to navigate. And also as we appreciate your prayers for her healing, we also pray, appreciate your prayers for God's provision for mm-hmm. fertility, yes. um, for him to open her womb yes. and for us to have some babies <laughs> and some, some little feet running around this house. Yeah. Um, God's timing. Yes. And his timing. So we also had our 21 days of prayer that we just love, man. It's, it's my favorite time. And in fact, one of the stories I'm going to share today happened during 21 days of prayer. And the Lord has always used that to bring me to him. So, um, Part of what he's done in that 21 days of prayer is uh, what I'm going to break down on next, uh, which is the Redeeming Identity Podcast. What is going on with that? What the plan is, where we've been, where we are, and where we're going. So um, we started a couple podcasts ago on episodes 9 and 10. We started this Redeeming Identity journey that God had really kind of been building over the last several years. And and the most important foundational bedrock parts that we went over was was the first two parts of redeeming a uh, biblical view of who God is and then redeeming a biblical view of the Word. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to those, uh, we definitely encourage you, episodes 9 and 10. And if you have not heard our story, we really, really encourage you to go back and listen to the first eight podcasts that were really sharing our story and, and kind of getting up to speed. So, but God has definitely put some uh, things on my heart for this year to go through and, and really build this journey. And so it's going to be broken up into several different parts. Um, and today we're going to start with a, we'll call it the second series or the second leg of the Redeeming Identity journey, and it's called In His Image. So series one or leg one was In the Beginning God, and those were two episodes. And today we start on series two, In His Image, the foundation of our God-given identity. So let's get into it. Yes. All right. So one of the things I wanted to start out here before we really dig into the big question that today's uh, episode is trying to answer. So we always remember where we've been. We always have to go back and remember um, the Israelites. We just came through our 21 days of prayer, and I love uh, how our pastor leads us, Pastor Chris. And uh, in the finale, in fact, he led us through this prayer. And it's the tabernacle prayer, and it is a such a biblical model of how we approach God and prayer, how we, and really, I think, how we approach life. And so it's so, so important to always start out remembering and giving thanks to the Lord. And that's what we talked about in episode nine. We give thanks to the Lord. Why? For he is good and his love endures forever. And the reason why that we 
really need to do that is that our enemy is ruthless in and trying to bring up these things and trying to tell us things uh, that say, no, God's not good. And uh, in fact, even in this culture, uh, I'm, I'm going to share a link to an article of uh, definitely recommend checking out about a new Amazon Prime show that basically says that the devil is the good guy and God is the bad guy and God's an oppressor that is keeping me from really being free. And he's just holding out. He's just, he's not good and he doesn't love. And so I think that that always is what we face. I know that in what we go through with your body, you know, that's been a major thing. Yeah. Even for me to, to, to try to fight through some days, like, why God, where are you? Yeah. And, and so it's so crucial to remind ourselves, okay, Lord, I remember before I start, you're good. Your love endures forever. Next. I, I remember that because of that, I surrender to you. I need to check my heart, Lord, where I'm, anything I'm not surrendered to you, I, I re-surrender, I recommit that. And then uh, we submit to the Bible as the holy, living, and active, infallible, unchangeable, and alienable, perfect word of God that will endure as the truth. Not my truth, not your truth, not, not felt truth, but the truth for all creation for all time. So uh, it's, it's, uh, it's something God gave me as I was building huh, this episode and and really this content was we're really it's like we're building a house we're building a foundation and so we start um with these three bricks these three blocks of remember that god's good his love endures forever okay boom surrendered lord you are my lord and then third and so because of those two things your word is the truth and so now we're going to jump into this big question and uh, wanted to just kind of open up to my wife on this question even and just kind of talk through um, the question everybody is seeming to ask, which is actually nothing new, is who am I or who are you? Why am I here? Who, who, who in the world am I? You know, that, yeah. that, that, that is identity. That's what's going on everywhere we look today. Um, and so there is a, uh, there's an author that we love. He's been on some podcasts and actually has come under attack by some people that we don't agree with, um, that are more on the affirming side of things. More progressive. And more progressive. Yeah. yeah. Not political. That's progressive Christianity, meaning, uh, that the they don't take the Bible as infallible. It's, it's nuanced. Nuanced, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. What do I feel? What do I feel? So, um, for that time, that yes. Um, so this is a guy named Christopher Yuan, and he wrote a book that I love. I'm getting the chance to go through that with some guys, and um, and so one of the I'm going to read this quote real quick, and it's kind of going to springboard us into this that. Uh, he quote, an age old question, who am I from Plato to Descartes to uh, from Kant to Foucault 
Philosophers throughout history have attempted to shed light on this profound mystery. And philosophers aren't the only ones who've asked that question. We've all asked it. During puberty, teenagers especially struggle with their identity. And middle-aged adults commonly question their existence and meaning. I'm going to read that again because we're going to break that down. During puberty, teenagers especially struggle with their identity. And middle-aged adults, another age, commonly question their existence and meaning. For many, the search for identity can last a lifetime. I think that's so funny that he mentioned these two ages. Because think about the little girl that you were just talking about. She mm-hmm. was yeah. in yeah. going through changes. Yeah. But it makes sense with culture and the progression of how the brain and the body change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, middle school, you're going through all the physical, physical changes, mental state. You know, they're just, you're, you're leaving the innocence of childhood to become, you know, a little mini adult, you know, and then you get a person who graduates high school and they, you know, they leave the comfort of home. They leave the familiar, you know, it's, you know, they think again, their whole world is, you know, they get a roof over their head, they get food on the table, they get to get up, go to school. Like it's just their routine Mm -hmm. there. And they wrap their identity a lot in, in that, in the sense of, that sports activities and, you know, band or cheer or whatever it may be, um, you know, or, and so like, it makes sense of that statistic mm-hmm. that once they reach that age that yeah. they're like, who, who am I? Yeah. Cause they kind of just get thrust out into the, the world. Mm-hmm. And so well, I, I think it's really interesting that we are also seeing, and I know it's not just with women, there are middle-aged men who are leaving, who leave their spouses as well. And in fact, Christopher, in this very chapter where I got that quote, talks about one of his friends named Andy, who was in seminary with him and comes and says, I am, I've been denying it for too long. I am gay. I've tried to pray it away. That's who I am. And he just leaves everything. Well, we also see these women now, and I, and I go, man, so many of them that are in these middle age, they have children, and, and I don't know what it is. You know, I don't know if they're, they're feeling lost in, in everything, but the devil just is taking it and having a heyday. You know, we see it with different people. Somebody today was telling me about another, per, another woman who left her husband for a woman. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, it's it's interesting to see the effects of both on teenagers, but also on middle age. So the devil is no respecter, just like God is no respecter of persons. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we want to kind of look at, and the Lord led me to this, that there is a very major um, character in scripture that goes on a lifelong search for identity. identity. And so this is Jacob. And I really would rather call him Israel. I've never seen it like this until really studying this. So I'm going to ask my wife, 
to read. I've got the verses here, so starting at Genesis 25, 21. Through 26, Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. Mm -hmm. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife, Rebecca, became pregnant. The babies joined each other within her, and she said, Why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. The Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red, and his whole body was like a hairy garment. So they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out with him with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob. And the Hebrew uh, meaning for Jacob means hill catcher or supplanter, which is a very big word. That's like a supplanter. Who like takes the rug out from under you. But yes, I've heard, I've studied hill. Deceiver. Deceiver, hill, hill catcher. So Yeah, I think it's interesting. Something that stuck out to me when I read that was that God actually gave and chose an identity before both of these boys were born. Like, he knew who they were. Yes, he formed them in her way. Yeah, yeah, he formed them. And and so she goes to ask the Lord, hey, what's going on here? I don't what what's happening. And so these, yes. these two, you're going to have twins. And, and, I've, and I felt like God said, hmm, stronger one people will be stronger and i'm going israel like that's israel yes it looks like esau on the outside is strong but he's actually very weak and he gives in very easily to his impulses yes um and then the younger one and so i i think it's funny not funny what i noticed is is and why I want to call him Israel now instead of Jacob is because Jacob was the not the name God gave him. Jacob was the name his parents gave him when they saw what he was doing. Like it it wasn't it wasn't that she said, Hey God, what should I call him? It was Yeah. It was through the birth and through the process they they identified him as yeah. Jacob. Like, and, and so that seems innocent. Like it doesn't, you know, we, we come up with, uh, names. Our pastor says he's got a friend named that they call Fatback. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, and you know, and that's a lot of that. A lot of people have nicknames that identify who they like, who their character is, what they look like. I mean, I, people have called me. Before I got married, Croomy, Mama Crooms, Curls, like all because mm-hmm. what? Why? Because number one, my name play on my my maiden name. I have like really big hair with lots of curls, so like mm-hmm. you know, and Mama Mama Crooms because I'm have have always had a mothering nature to young girls my whole life, and so yeah. that's what they called me, and so. Doesn't mean that's who I am, but those were just characteristics yeah. of what they saw mm-hmm. when it looked at me. But it didn't define who right. I really am. I know. 
And, so. and it's funny because so we'll get into that in a minute about what what do we in our in our world, not just in today's age, but for all time, what have we identified? But one thing I wanted to point out, and that really is uh, is actually the title of today's um, in his image, chosen and predestined. Um, and, and that was where God had already spoken over Jacob these things. He already spoke Israel, stronger, younger. Mom gave the name Jacob, heel catcher, supplanter, deceiver. And so just like Israel, before we were created, God chose us and predestined us, which really means to have, he had a plan for us. Um, I want to read a couple of verses. So Jeremiah 1, 5 before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And then Ephesians 1, 4 through 6, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. And some people listening uh, may be be kind of, uh, I wouldn't say offended, but like, oh gosh, predestination, here we go. You know, a bunch of uh, Calvinists or, or something. And uh, in fact, Megan and I, when we say identify, we don't identify as either Calvinist or Armenian or, you know, like we don't say that that's our identity. Um, but I think we can't look past what the word says. And so, uh, but we're not going to get into, there's some very dogmatic people on both of these different ends and those words that I use. Yeah. And that's a different discussion for a different day. Um, but for the purpose of today's episode, because I, what we really want to share with you um our pastor actually recently gave a great breakdown, and we're going to link this, uh, that sermon that had to really just do with purpose. Yeah. And it uh, brought down what, what it means to be pre, predestined, predestined. Yeah. And a lot of it is the context of scripture. So, so um, this is what he said. I'm going to do it with the word, exact words that he used, which uh, there's one that's really funny. He said, in my opinion, there's a lot of bad teaching about predestination. Some people define that as, quote, that God's already written the script and there ain't nothing you can do to change it. Ain't nothing. Ain't nothing. <laughs> I said that better because I'm a little more Southern yes, than you. I, I'm, I'm so ain't nothing. Proper. <laughs> And he probably did it with that kind of spunk too, because he gets funny. Like, he does that. Ain't nothing. That sounds like Gary the Bulldozer. Ain't nothing <laughs> you can do. <laughs> I ain't can nothing that. Uh, and there ain't nothing <laughs> you can do to change it, good or bad. Put up with it. You have nothing to do with it. And then he said, "But I don't believe that. I believe this word predestined means that he had a predestiny." for you and for me. He chose you, me. He has a good desti predestination for you, which really is what I had said, mm -hmm. a good plan. It says he has good plans. Yes. And, and it is, but it is on us to choose that. We, we're, we don't just, 
get it by osmosis, which is just absorbing it and becoming it, you know? Um, and so that, that's kind of just laying the foundation. That is our identity before we can get to talking even about what does it mean that you're a man or a woman? Mm-hmm. We have to see who God sees us as before the foundation, before the beginning of time that he, that like he's a relational God and he loves us. We're his beloved. He chose us. Like he chose, he picked us, like he chose us and he predestined us. And so that's where we, we start. And so, um, and so looking at when we're kind of in this, uh, this world of looking for who we are, as we said, there's some of these, these beliefs about who we are that really on the surface seem pretty harmless. You know, you've got, um, I'll like, sometimes I'll say something like, I'm an architect or I'm a keyboard player or worship guy. And mm-hmm. Megan might say, well, I'm a wife and I'm a singer. I'm also a daughter, a sister, an mm-hmm. aunt, you know, like we say, you know, I used to say I was a teacher when I used yeah. to teach, but I don't say that anymore because I don't teach anymore. But I think we're always, you know, yeah. we, we, we wear different hats, but yeah. that does not define who yeah. I am my so, core I think that's of who I such am, but we have different, literally have different hats we put on at different right. times. Because when you put a different hat on, it really doesn't change who you are, does it? No, like if you're th- like no, like think about that analogy. Yeah, you know? but I think like it does. De- it does depict the situation because you know I I tend to you know when I'm around a more outgoing person, I tend to not be outgoing. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like, so like, I guess I just read the room, you know, if, if I look around and no one's stepping up, I will, I will step up, you know, but I'm perfectly fine not to, Mm -hmm. you know, I think you just, but like in those moments, I would probably wear the hat of the, you know, the one, well, the organizer or Mm -hmm. the one to like, let's get people motivated, you know? (laughs) But if I see someone else is way much, higher in that personality I'll probably be like okay well I'll just follow you know or does that make sense so you just you just tend to like switch it out I guess you know but but I think what's funny but my I don't change like I'm still me yeah I think what's funny about that is it is having to do with other people at the same time Mm -hmm. because we don't live life in a vacuum we are in the world with other people at church with other people on teams with other people in fact um there uh there was a recent situation that kind of without getting too much but it's like something that just i noticed about um all these things we're doing you know we've got comparisons as soon as we're in a crowd we, we can start comparing ourselves based on who we who we believe we are and then who we believe others are and and we put value on how people are performing with that identity and so um you know to to preface that even Jacob and Esau you know they had these things that that sound so familiar and it fits so well with with redeeming identity and especially when it's talking about what we'll talk about in, in a further episode about what what is who is a man like what does it mean that God created me male in his image so 
you go when the uh, Genesis 25, 27, and 28, when the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter. He was a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man, dwelling in tents. And Isaac, the father, loved Esau because he ate his game, but Rebekah, the mother, loved Jacob. And, and it's, so it's, I, I just go, man, and I thought, wow, those things, are they really that harmless or can it lead to this comparison? when we're around others and you see that there's already a comparison. Well, there's already a comparison. Others. Like the scripture is very detailed that by reading that you go just based off of Isaac's love for Esau, mm-hmm. it placed higher value on him versus mm-hmm. Jacob, just based off this standard mm-hmm. of society, whatever you ever want to call it of that time, um, which again, nothing new under the sun or say, or, you know, nothing new under the sun where, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, just how culture defines what is masculine and what is feminine and what is the role of a man versus the role of a woman based off of characteristics or based off of you know, what we're seeing even right here in this story between, um, but really in God's eyes, he valued both lives the same. That's right. So, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's it's the new under the sun. And we see it here in scripture that even just by reading that one passage that it was said that Esau was valued higher than Jacob. Yeah. Just based off the different, personalities and roles and what's funny is we just watched um and i think that's so good that's so good um we just watched one of our favorite shows and we have to figure out how to watch the other that are not on (laughs) all these streaming services um but it's blue bloods and one of the characters that's marrying into a family compared herself with the strong old eldest daughter that you know and i'm just it's so funny because i turned to megan and, and because of the the, the guy dynamic, the guy the sitting dynamic. there going what do you what do you mean like you're beautiful like all this but she couldn't she couldn't even receive that or see it because all she's seeing is because all she's seeing is this other woman and she's comparing everything yes and saying, she's beautiful she's smart she's yeah. you know courageous or she's determined you know all the things like and so it's not just these guys that go through it's It's some women too you know women we're very much man you know i just compare ourselves and and i deal i've dealt with this when it comes to my music ability i've dealt with it for sure uh when it comes to my work ability um i'll look at some of these guys that i work with and be like man he's such a better more creative He's so much faster at his work. And so um, that's when the danger zone can come in because we can begin to make decisions based on what we believe about ourselves. So if we believe that we're not measuring up, then we might do something mm-hmm. to try to, to try to earn something or we might 
really say something we shouldn't say in with a big group of people and, yeah. and kind of cause dissension yeah. by, you know. Yeah. Well, when comparison comes in, like it, it, it definitely, it, it definitely cripples you. A lot of times physically cripples you in the sense of you won't, you won't move, you won't mm. take a chance or you want, or depending on what it is, like you said, can spark sin and mm. temptation where you will compromise mm -hmm. in order to feel a void. Mm. You know, you'll enter that relationship that you shouldn't, you know, wow. you'll, you'll make that, that post or mm. wear that outfit or, wow. you know, you'll take that sip too many or, mm. you know, or whatever it may be. Um, you know, you it just can lead mm. down so much or, you know, even comparison in the sense of, you know, when when insecurities come, when it comes to your talent or ability, yeah. um, you know, I can never do that. You know, <laughs> I've definitely said that before. <laughs> I look at another woman and go, well, I could never do that. You know, um, mm -hmm. or, you know, I, I can't host a shower. My house isn't <laughs> is pretty enough. I don't have enough room. I don't have that, you know, and then and then also like. You know, I could easily miss the opportunity that God presents for me to be a blessing That's to right. someone else based off my own insecurity and my own, you know, no one else is saying those things, but the enemy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it just depends on the situation, but anytime there's comparison, it always, it always leads, yeah. it always leads to destruction. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, social media is the oh. gateway to it all. Um, and so we have to guard, guard our hearts and our minds. Um, so, but yeah, it is, yeah. I, I don't, there's, I've, I've never had a, a, a good outcome when I've, and I can say that because I face that, you know, as we all do, but when I give into it, it never leads, it never makes me feel happy. I never feel, yeah. you know. And, and then honestly, a lot of times in the moment, it may satisfy like mm. sin does and can feel good in the moment. And it may feel good to, you know, in the moment, but it really at the end leaves you still feeling so dissatisfied and never fully fulfilled um, because that's never meant to fulfill us. It was never meant for that to fulfill us. So, and, and all of that is like a desperate search. It's mm -hmm. like a, and, and, it's a wanting. And, and I've seen like, there, I, I've been there, the desperate, somebody, please, somebody, please, please notice me, please affirm me. Yeah, yeah. Affirm me, notice me. And, and that's exactly where it all leads is that those destructive beliefs that we then begin to have about ourselves, about, about us, you know, I think about a girl that is, is dealing with anorexia or an eating disorder and the destructive belief of, of I'm fat, no matter, no matter what size, you could be a size zero and you, yeah, st you, still, you still see, see what you believe see. this lie. And so that then you make choices that go along with that. So you starve yourself, you, you, you do whatever for me, you know, we kind of get into some of this and 
Sometimes it even comes from the voice of others. And, and then we say it to ourselves, well, I'm just fill in blank and I'll never change. Or you've heard people say this about family members. I'm guilty of saying this about people and being like, well, he's just an alcoholic. And what are you going to do? Oh, you know, she's just bitter. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I remember just this thought of I'm just a failure. That I, I remember in my 20s that I just thought that was that was what I believed. I'm just a failure. And so what did I do? I failed a lot at a lot of things. Because you wore that as your identity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh alcoholic, addict. I'm just I'm just not smart. I'm stupid or I'm poor, you know. Mm -hmm. Um and I know like, well, I came from nothing. I you know, my daddy wasn't anything, my grandfather wasn't anything. I'll just be nothing, stay here. Yeah. You know. I can't, I, I, you know, I can't go to college. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. You know, I can't host this yeah. party. Is the, the list is endless. Yeah. The list is endless of yeah. the lies of, of the enemy. And, and so you look at that and that's where it does get even more grievous and what we are, why this podcast exists, what God I'm just, and I've heard this from people, I've heard this by, to my face from people. Well, I'm gay or I'm homosexual and I can't change. I can't help it. That's just who I am. And when we say, well, that's just who I am. Well, that's then what we do. That's how we live. When we start to... So, yeah, so even looking at Jacob and Esau, um, when you partner, they when you partner with the lie, mm -hmm. and you, you know, because we know temptation is going to come. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, it doesn't matter how strong of a believer you are, you know. Just like I said, like I'm, I, I, I can't sit here and say I'll never struggle with comparison again mm -hmm. because it's going to happen. Like we live in a fallen world, and mm -hmm. I'm human, mm -hmm. but I have a choice of how I, I partner with the lie. Yeah. Um, and so all of those things you listed, yeah. like when we partner with it, that's mm. when it becomes destruction. And, and, and so, you know, it's, it's not that, you know, for someone to partner with the lie of homosexuality or number one, identify you like anything else. We have a problem. We have a sin problem. Yes, we do. Just, yeah. just like the person that has the mindset of being poor or not being smart enough. It's still, a, it's still a sin problem. Mm -hmm. You're still disqualifying yourself. Yeah from how God designed you. Yeah. Not one's greater than the yeah. other. And um and in fact so, it is, you know, and, and I know that my, you know, there were years that I would say even to my sister when the Holy Spirit would convict me, because I would hear things like, well, you're you're not acting out on it. You're not and and it's kind of goes with even if you go back and listen to my story, what I had, I had been told, well, you're just going to have to be celibate and single because this just might be who you are. And what changed that was this other pastor that said, that's not who you are, you know, but yeah. up until when, when that was what I was believing, not when I was believing the line partnering with, oh, 
my life was a mess, you know, and, and you look at Jacob and Esau and, and uh, Genesis 25, 28 through 30, and just to recount, remember that, that Isaac loved Esau, Rebecca loved Jacob. So once when Jacob was cooking some stew, what did Jacob do? He did the thing that his name was, which I'm going to pull a little trick here on my brother. I'm going to be a trickster. And what did Esau do? He did what his name was, like literally. Mm -hmm. So Esau yeah. came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, quick, let me, um, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. <laughs> and I had never seen this before, but it then says that is why he was also called Edom. And I went, what is that? And so I looked up Edom in, in Hebrew, and uh, I'm a huge fan of BibleHub.com. I'll plug that for you guys if you want to do some further study of stuff. Edom means stuff or the red stuff, but it's funny that they named him the food for which he sold his birthright. Well, Edom was also the name of a god. And like a pagan, like a, a pagan yeah. little little g god, and it was the god of, and it's the god that is their stomach, and and I'm just going, my goodness, that's that's culture, that's, like this apart from the know, Lord, and, and so so Self. Esau, Self. Esau, you know, can you imagine? Yeah, he just eats whatever he sees, you know, or he, you know, I'm his family, I can't help it, you know. I'm just, and, and it's that uh, we were watching another show the other night and we were like, and you're like, yeah, it was almost like animals. And I said, but we're not, we're humans. We're not animals, you know, yeah. but, but we sometimes act like we are and think, oh, yeah, that's, I can't help it. I just couldn't help it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I couldn't help myself. Yeah. <laughs> and, and. Part of that's actually true because without Christ, we are fully evil. Fully evil. Yeah. Or we are fully responsible. <laughs> we are responsible. Um, Jacob, but, yeah. like I said, trickster, mama's boy. And 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 so uh, you know, but are all those things, and I wanted to ask that, and Megan kind of alluded to this, are those things really who Jacob, Esau, Megan? me or any of us are like aren't aren't the things that were all listed things that people did jacob grabbed his heel doesn't mean he's a heel grabber mm -hmm. esau ate the stuff doesn't mean he's the stuff yeah. <laughs> or or you know just red hair yeah uh you are my wife but that doesn't mean that that's all you are yeah you know um that we are, we're tying identity to, we're tying our identity to, to sin. Mm -hmm. we're, we're tying our identity to a behavior yeah. because we're fallen. We're fallen creation. Yeah. And and I'm a part of a of a twelve step group that's a Christ centered one. Um, but I do understand, like when our pastor says, you know, he doesn't he doesn't like the way that thing groups like AA, where they say, I'm an addict. 
And there's almost like, that's it. There's no, that's all I'm going to be is just an addict. Rather, which there is, yes, I understand breaking denial is yeah. crucial. And that's the reason they do that. But I I, I get what you're saying yeah. because the biggest thing is a lot of time people can't admit yes. that they have a problem. Just like you can't admit yep. that you have a sin problem. But taking this from somebody who's been a part but you, yeah. of 12-step yes. groups yes, for you have. a decade at least, yeah. maybe. I've seen it in myself and others that that literally becomes everything. It's just like, well, I can't, I'm just a, you know, for, for a long time, I said, well, I'm, I'm, I, 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 I realized the Lord convicted me. I'm just same sex attracted. And he, and he just really convicted me. And, and that, I, I want to challenge some of you who might even be listening. Like, and I've seen that this is popular in, in church culture, even in some to say, well, it, it's almost like a virtue, you know, well, he's just sent blow, but look at him. He's celibate and single. And I'm like, mm, you're not getting the fullness of what Jesus died for. And, and I want to, just implore you to to ask the Holy Spirit to show you that that's really not who you are. That may be what you've done or struggled with or even thought since you can remember. But that doesn't mean that's who you are because it does not line up with God's word. I've been thinking a lot about even looking back to when I was 10 and realizing, man, I'm guilty of sin any time that I have agreed with what Satan said, even at the age of 10, even at the age of 11, the, these kids that are doing this, and, and this, this doesn't mean we don't show compassion. It's actually empathy going, I get you. You know, I know, I know that you're feeling this. I know, I know that you're hearing this, but you don't have to believe it. There is a choice. Yeah. You know, and and so all of that imploring is that man when uh and, and Megan just said this and so I'm gonna ask her to read this quote from Christopher from Christopher Yuan again from this uh, book Holy Sexuality can't recommend it enough um, so which are actually these false identities when whenever we believe that what we do or what we feel is actually who we are that this is something that we're seeing in our world. And so mm -hmm. um, specifically yeah. when it comes to sin. So I'm going to let my wife share this powerful quote. This is from Christopher Yuan. In our world today, the following is what many, if not most, ascribe to. Being gay is no longer what I'm attracted to, what I desire, or what I do. It's who I am. Matthew Vines, a gay activist, writes that sexual attraction is simply part of who you are. And as humans, our sexuality is core, is core part of who we are. In the conversation around sexuality, this subtle shift from what to who has created a radically distorted view of personhood. There is no other sin issue, no closely linked to identity. Mm. So, that is so yeah. true. 
Uh, yeah, it's it's where it's, it's and we've seen that shift. Like it's no longer like it literally the shift of this is not just what I struggle with or this is not just how I like what I'm feeling. This is who I am. I mean, cannot because so far or, from the truth. But it's like that's spot on. That is very spot I mean, on. I, I go. That's so right. There's no other sin issue so closely tied. And, and it now is so, it's so strong that we see what will be coming up in June this year. Pride Month, celebrating and what people will say, well, I'm just celebrating who I am. But what you're celebrating is a lie. You know, right now, it's not just singled around June. It's just all, it's all, the, all time. the time. Yeah. And that's why we exist. That's why God called us to this ministry. So going back full circle, so we see that. We're seeing the results. We look around the world. It's, it's obvious. You can't unsee what we're seeing right now. And so what has happened, not just in our lives, but in our world, we have ended up way, 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 way off course. And, um, and so what happens in all of our lives is we, we end up in these destructive life cycles, these, these life styles where we continually make decisions and like that, like now that I'm believing it, I'm just fully in it. I'm, I'm making decisions, choices. I act out in ways now that reaffirm these false beliefs and to reaffirm them, um, because we think that it's just what we're supposed to do and it's just who we are. Or if mm -hmm. you look at me and my story and, and this may be you out there um, growing up in a Christian home and growing up in this place saying, man, I, I was trying to disprove this lie that I was wrestling with, this lie about my sexuality. I was trying to disprove it by running to another lie that said that porn and acting out sexually with women really made me a man. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, and all that that did was it ultimately failed, just like any type of thing that we do to, to try to disprove a lie we're believing. If we try and do it on our own, it's going to fail every time. Yeah. And so we always end up, and people end up in either extreme, whether you, you believe the lie and you just run in that direction, mm -hmm. Or whether you're fighting, you and, and and I say this, you are still believing the lie if you're trying to disprove it by looking at women and acting out with women or vice versa. If you're a girl and you're trying to be in relationship with men, the answer is obviously not to, to run into sin and into a homosexual lifestyle. The answer is to run to Jesus yeah. first. And and so when we but when we start there. Um, and we look at Jacob and, and what happens is this, you see that life cycle and it takes him a lifetime. It yeah. literally, it, it's a lifetime. you go from the point where he sold, he, he tricked Esau. There was, and, and we're not even going to read the verses because I knew, like, I was like, no, this, that's a completely, we can, but we can just. We can paraphrase it, but. Literally yeah. you go, man, and then. His mom, his own mother, his own mother got in on it. Tell you what, it's like a soap opera. <laughs> if 
nobody tell listen, ain't nobody tell me the Bible is not entertaining. I'm <laughs> it's you, like man. a soap opera. There was some comedian. <laughs> like a telenovela. There was, some, there was some comedian that Megan was showing me a Christian woman that's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Talking about the like, look at this. This is insane. This is like, insane. And, now and, this mother is like, who are I, son? And and she coerces him to do that. I mean, and it's she's just like endless. Oh, trick your dad because she's also seeing, man. The father, he doesn't love the son. And and there's this whole thing about birthright back then. Well, Jacob tricks his dad, steals the birth, literally at that point, steals, steals it. And so he gets into the game of what Satan does. So he steals from his brother. He literally steals right from under him. Well, at that point, uh, Esau says, where is he? I'm going to kill him. <laughs> And Jacob's mom, Rebecca, goes, just run. Tell them to leave. And just just leave. And so you go, wow, what what destruction. And that's what the enemy, I'm telling you, please, you know, you don't have to go as far as Jacob or Israel went. You don't have to go as far as Aaron went. You know, uh, I, I heard Jonathan Pecluda was telling a story about... Um, this one girl, she's the college pastor at his church in, in Houston or in um, Waco. Jonathan's story is kind of like mine, you know, addicted to porn, sex, out in the club, like lost as can be. God saved him from that. And, but the, the other one, like a PK, like loves Jesus, you know, all this stuff. And she, and so he asked the staff or others around, he's like, so is she better than me or is she more saved? And they're like, no, why? Well, because she had, she was a sinner still at her core and she did sin and, and by believing lies, by sinning. And one sin is the same as any other yeah. in the eyes of God. So it's Definitely. not, it's not a matter of, of who's better Who's great we don't cut we don't cut over our sin. No. But he said, you want to know what the difference is? Is that she has less scars than I do. And you know, I think for too long, sometimes, and I know that you've even felt this, babe. Yes. I don't have as good of a testimony. Yeah. I struggle with that. But here's what you don't have. You don't have the things that I can that that can pop up in my memory. And so if that's you and you're feeling also like, oh, well, I'm just so, you know, I don't have it. It's like, no, like this is God says you're chosen. You're beloved. You were you were a sinner. You were lost, but you are forgiven. Both of you. <laughs> yes. Both extremes, both places. And so, you know, looking at that, Jacob, he he runs forever. <laughs> and yeah. he runs and he runs. He he goes to his uncle in some far, you know, far off place. I, I don't know the distance. Go read uh go read the story from, from the book of Genesis from you know, Genesis 27, 28, um, 29 in your own time. It really, it showed me that 
Jacob did the same thing that his forefather did, Adam. As soon as Adam messed up, as soon as Adam ate the fruit, he hid. He ran. They ran. Ran from who? From God. God. Ran from each other. Then they caused a mess. Everybody ran from everybody at that point. And, and I look at my own story. You know, uh, one of my favorite questions, and, I, and I've talked about it before, is when Adam was hiding and God came to find him in Genesis 3, Adam's like, Oh, um, my, I'm here because God's God knows where he is. But God said, Adam, where are you? He's searching. He's searching. He's actively pursuing because he loves us. And he goes, Adam, where are you? Oh, um, I hid from you. Why? Because uh, I was naked and ashamed. And God says, who? Who told you you were naked? Who told you? Told and you. we go back to all the way to the beginning about the mom, Rebecca, saying, Jacob, he'll, he'll grab her, supplant her. Esau, those weren't the names that God had said. Mm-hmm. But we also see that God never lost sight of who Jacob or Israel really was. And the same is true for each of us. God's not ever, you know, we talk about gender confusion. We talk about sexual identity confusion. God is not confused. There is no confusion in him. And if you're confused, that's not from God. And, and, and so that's the question. Who told you you were gay? It wasn't God. Mm-hmm. Who who told you you were ugly? It wasn't God. Who told you that you're stupid? That wasn't God. Who told you you're a failure? Not God. And and so I think about all of the times that Jacob's running and God is actually showing up. He goes, he has a dream while he's on the run of God saying, hey, I'm with you. <laughs> like, yeah. And I'm like, Man, God's so gracious, and that yeah. had me thinking and you about. Never left him. I go, man, that sounds like my story. Like I remember when I was in. Go back and listen to those episodes when I was in a relationship with this girl, engaged to be married. I remember God even before that happened. God gave me a dream of me going down a road in the wrong direction a wide it's it's really a scary dream when you think about it in the dream i was going down a wide interstate highway and i remember looking and the trees were like trying to motion me like to stop i remember getting off the interstate and going i need to stop the car and turn around and i wrote a song actually after that about running from God and turning around. Well, then I did that. I ran from God. (laughs) And so God was like, still speaking to me. You know, the thing about roads is that they have an end destination. Just like that dream, like that wide road, the reason that in that dream that the Lord gave me that there were trees (laughs) telling me stop is because if I kept going, destruction you would have ran your whole life my whole life jacob the same thing if if jacob jacob could have just kept running you know jesus said 
in Matthew 7, 13 through 14, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it, enter by it, are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few. And so here's where we find ourselves now. We, we've seen the running. We've seen the destruction. We, it's obvious. We, we, okay, Aaron, we get it. It's a mess. I'm a mess. I don't know who I am. What am I supposed to do? And, and that's, you know, the whole point of this podcast, of this ministry, is we want to help you. We want to help you get from this place. I've been there. I've run a hundred miles an hour in the wrong direction. And we want to help to, to, to bring you to the place where we, like so many in scripture, say, here's life. So now the choice is yours. Choose life or death. Yeah. Yeah. Because, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, God, Jesus. Yeah. Which all goes back to what we talked about with God is predestined. Like you're, in God's will is that you predestined you to come to him, mm, to so stop good. running, to stop. Now, will everyone choose God's perfect will mm. for them? The mm. destiny, the, he's predestined he, to, in his, up to him, all would come to repentance. Yeah. It is his heart that all men yeah. would come to repentance, that all men would see yeah. heaven and do, but yeah, we know that's not, gonna happen yeah. because again it's the it's the choice but yeah. his his love and his heart is so open for you to return to him yeah yeah i i just it goes back even to that new show that i had seen the article about on amazon it's like our god is so gentle and kind and i've even heard the word he's a gentleman he doesn't impose it he doesn't force you he literally says the choice is yours. And I think about that in, in marriage and relationships. It's like real, real. It's like no husband or wife wants their spouse to be like, well, I'm with you just because I have to be. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to be here. I wouldn't choose this. And it's like. Well, and in the same sense, like the, and the different, the, that's why I, marriage is so sacred it literally shows the heart of the bridegroom mm -hmm. and and the analogy because you know you think i chose mm -hmm. look look you know listen back to our story you think i chose to three months into my marriage walk you through a mental hospital i would have never chose that you know what i mean <laughs> you know or have my dream wedding from covid stripped away from me like what like but you know what i chose i made a covenant, covenant with, with you to for better or for worse yeah i mean death do us part yeah. like sealed it yeah you know and when you make your mind up to stop running up my mind. make your mind up to stop running yeah just look at what all got you know and it hasn't been easy yeah and this life as a christian is not going to be easy Today. it's not going to be easy but you know I, i've never looked back no those have never back. looked back never looked back and i will never yeah. go back no you know no 
it's going, nope. I set my mind, I set my face, and, and I'm dealing like the Lord is always teaching us, always telling me to be more resolute in following him. You know, and that's so that's where we we come to you today and we just say, okay, we laid the foundation already in this podcast. We had God's good, and we remember that, and that he loves us. So we had to redeem that biblical view of who God is, and we had to see that. And and now we get to put this this brick that that we've laid by this all that we've said today. This this is the brick that we've laid of choosing to forsake the lies that we've believed, choosing to let them go, and to actually believe the truth and to walk in it. You know, we have to make that choice here before we can eat before before we can even get into the content about what is written about that we're formed fearfully and wonderfully and look at the science behind it and look at some of that and look at what does it mean to be a man and 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 kind of some biblical aspects. What does it mean for a woman? Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 all of these things, like we care. Megan and I care about your soul. We can tell you facts all day long. We can tell you things, but until you decide that you're going to stop believing these lies and start believing the truth, nothing is going to change until you make up your mind. And, and, and so... We're going to keep building. So we set that. There are six things real quick. Just remind me, list them off as fast as I can. Six things that we must do and that that in doing this, this is going to bring life. And all of these things will be in the show notes. So we've already said we must stop. We've got to stop. We've got to stop running. Stop running. And, and sometimes God will allow us to be running and he will he will allow us to be broken. He will break us himself. You look at Jonah, <laughs> you talk about a runner, Jonah ran. Yes. And and in the same way I was running. And this goes back to the 21 days of prayer, how it had such an impact. The morning that I stopped, the day that I stopped running, Pastor Mark at our church was speaking at 21 days of prayer. And I was in that relationship, by the way, with her at that. And I knew it was, it was just like crazy. And I'm halfway from Birmingham to Montgomery. And, and what Pastor Mark had said at that service was, some of you are going on a ship in the wrong direction. And there's not a storm outside, like physically we're seeing, but inside your soul, oh, there's a storm. And I went, holy crap, that's me. And I stopped the car, like the like the song, like the dream, and I turned around. And it took that. And there you talk about some brokenness and some healing that had to happen. And I broke a lot of I hurt a lot of people. Jacob hurt a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Even when he, you know. When he gets to this point where God breaks him, he made go man go read this soap opera of how oh, man I mean what a what yeah. what a coward he was to send his kids in front of him, as if yeah. to say, well yeah. he might take them out first. I'm like, 
<laughs> what are you doing? And the whole debacle between oh Leah and Rachel oh, and it's, Laban. I mean, it's a lot. I mean, it just all of it. They're all, the the they're all, all deceiving the each other. Every single one of them. All the all the lies. All, it's, it's all in there. <laughs> you could you could go on and talk about women and their identity with with that story. And there's a lot in this in, story, even within fertility. I mean, you yes. look at, at that. That's the in jealousy that story. between them. Jealousy two. between two women. Yeah. Um, and so, but all leading to all leading to this. The whole this journey of him. Moment. This, like yeah. literally, it came, and and I I just say this to men. God has put in us a responsibility and if we don't lead our families and take it it's going to affect everything and and you see that and so jacob finally gets to this point where he finally says when the man so and jacob was left alone this is genesis 32 when when everybody had it's funny like yep that's what it is Jacob, Aaron, whatever, was left alone <laughs> all by myself and with God at that point. And a man, that is God, wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. And when Jacob, uh, when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket. He touched Jacob's hip socket, boom, put out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day has broken. I thought, well, that's funny, broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. It's like Jacob finally realized, I need you. You are God. I'm done running from you. Please don't. Please don't leave me here unchanged. Mm -hmm. Here I am. Yeah. And, and it's like at that moment, God's like, I got it. I can work with this. And that's what it took. It takes that denial. And we talked about alcoholic. Like it, you have to stop. I had to go. Full surrender. Full surrender. And that's what happened when I was in the house with my parents. I remember, and they didn't believe me. There was no trust. Like, because I was, I had proved by my actions not to be trusted. You know, they were seeing me through those lenses, just like I was seeing me through those lenses. But I remember saying, I don't know. I'm just broken and I need help. And God's like, this is, that's what I need you to say. And so then the second step that we're going to do, man, we wrestle just like Jacob did. We must confront the devil's lies with God's truth. So, man, as we go through these next several episodes, I want to encourage you. When we speak God's truth, let it be the sword that you fight against these lies in culture and your mind with. Yeah. You know, Jesus taught us how to fight the devil's lies by literally speaking the truth. Jesus was tempted. Go read in Matthew chapter four about when he was tempted and all that he fought back with was uh, was the word. It is written. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, the thing that the devil did tempt Jesus with was his identity. He said, oh, if you really are the son of God, then prove it. it. Prove, prove it. it. Do this. Prove it. And Jesus he didn't fall for that comparison game. He didn't fall for that, oh God, I'm confused. He went, and he didn't get into the mind games. I'm telling you, I get into those mind games and it's deadly. But you go, no, this is what the word says. It is written. It is written. And that is why when we look at 
Israel, when God in this wrestling moment says, what's your name? And Jacob, yeah. and he said, Jacob, God, and God says, no. no, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. And, and it's like God's been waiting for this moment to tell him who he really is. So, so what is what has to happen in that moment is we surrender, we repent, so that stop, one, stop, two, wrestle, three, we surrender and we repent. We go, you're right, God. I'm no longer to be called Jacob. No, you're right. I'm not a homosexual. No, you're right. I'm who you say I am. God, you created me in your image. No, you're right. I'm not lost and in shame i'm beloved i am chosen i am predestined and so because of that man we uh, there's another verse there's so much and it's all going to be in the show notes that we want you to see but how powerful scripture is scripture is so powerful and and the as a as a progressive pastor he, he, he calls one of this, this passage to me is one of the most powerful, amazing scriptural passages in all of scripture. It's 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. And he calls it a clobber passage. I'm not going to get into that. It just makes me really mad. <laughs> or do you not know? And, and I used to clobber myself with the first two verses of it. But that's because I didn't realize one, there's truth and I need to receive that, but also the greater thing is what Jesus has done and who I am in him. So, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, sexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. And so that comes, that is who we are, man. Once we stop, once we wrestle and we surrender and repent, man, there's freedom, Mm -hmm. there's cleansing. You were washed, yes. Did you believe? Did you do these things? Did I do these terrible things? Did I look at stuff and do things? Yeah. And does Satan try to bring those up sometimes? Yes. Does he try to bring that shame and make me wear it? Yes. But what I can do is I can point and say, no, no, no. You go talk to Jesus because he washed me. He sanctified me. He's justified me. And, and and so that's for you today, somebody who is wrestling and you're just dealing with shame. And, and you're stuck. You feel like you're stuck on one side of a big ocean. And you're never going to get to the other side. But God wants you to know that he actually already brought you through. If you have trusted in him, you've been washed. You've been sanctified. You've been justified. And so those are the three personal steps that you take. You must do those on your own. That is not something 
that anybody can else no, can do. your choice. Stop. One, stop. Two, wrestle, confront those lies. Three, surrender to God's truth. Four, find healing. And that is just simple. That is actually telling somebody else. You need to get somebody. And, and what that means is a healthy Bible-believing church with sound doctrine. You need to get connected to a safe and a real small group, a recovery group of other followers of Christ of the same gender. <laughs> if you're talking about real life issues, mm -hmm. we cannot yes. recommend it more. Get with others of the same gender biologically. I'm not even getting into that discussion, but what I mean by that is that you need to get with people who are committed, have or are committed to biblical recovery or freedom from similar things. You need to get with people who've been there and have found freedom. Yeah. You you need to get connected one-on-one. -on -one and, and, and part of that is also possibly going to see a biblical Christian counselor or a professional or a pastor that is gifted in dealing with these things. You know, it says in James 5.16, therefore confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So, man, yeah. you need to be healed. There's so much stuff in our past. There's so much stuff in my past. Even Megan, you know, could talk about things in her past that hurt and that led her to think certain ways and believe certain lies that she had to go through something and like I do at our church called Freedom. Yeah. Or that she did a master's commission. She, I remember you told me you had to stand in front of a mirror or something. And like, yeah, I mean, you don't, you, but just because, you know, for me it was, and everyone struggles with different things. But yeah, I mean, just like freedom, there was an exercise in our women's group when I went through school, you mm -hmm. know, where we had to, we were challenged, let's say that, challenged to stand in front of a, a mirror and tell ourselves that we are beautiful and mm -hmm. that we are you know, a masterpiece that we're God's chosen us. And, and to be honest, like it took me a very long time because I stared at myself and just cried, just cried because I couldn't tell myself those things mm -hmm. because I was weighted with so many insecurities of bodily, what I look like and people that have tea, you know, all mm -hmm. the things of my past, like, you know, I'm not innocent here either. Yeah. Um, but lies that I partnered with, in my mind about myself that were that no one said over me. Um, and so that there's the same, the same things. And, um, and yeah, so I, again, had to take the same, yeah. the same road here where, you know, I was very comfortable in my own insecurities until I wrestled with it, surrendered them and allowed truth to reign in my life, you know? And oh, so, wow. and and these principles, you know, we, we are both sitting here a testament yeah. to these things yeah. implemented in our lives. And many of these were implemented in our lives before God put us together. Amen. And That's then some did. Yeah. And that would be a whole nother thing, too. <laughs> but I mean, many of it was implemented before God yeah. put us together. Yeah. But then we've had to in our marriage. Continue, continue to have these things implemented in our continue. lives. Yeah. Um, we've not let up nope. from having 
the Bible believing yeah. church from having small groups, men's groups, women's groups, separate couples as well to minister with us in our marriage. Yeah. Um, you know, and so it's it cannot speak enough yeah. of having this in our lives. Yeah. It's funny, I just thought about, you know, we say stop running. But in a way, we were created to run the race. And you're going to run a certain one direction or the other. And, and you know, you've, you run, I have done competitive running. You always run better in packs. You always run better with a team. You always run better when somebody's pulling you along. Megan didn't stand in front of that mirror. They didn't send her into a room to be isolated by herself. No, she was surrounded. I had people around me. By people who loved her. Mm-hmm. And they weren't they weren't telling her the lies. They were no, they were cheering her on. And they were there to hold her. They were there to help her. And so you can't do it on your own. And I know the shame is hard. I I put a group out on the directory at our at our campus uh last semester, holy sexuality. And no one, I think I had one guy maybe reach out, but nobody showed up. And you know, I know it's scary and you, it could be like, what, uh, that's a little too, or, uh, how could I even walk in the door, you know, but man, get help. As pastor Chris says, get in a group, get in a group, get in a group, get in a group. Yes. <laughs> um, and I love that it ends with, uh, the end of Jake, uh, the end of Genesis 33 says, and Jacob came safely and actually in hebrew the word is is also can be peacefully Mm -hmm. jacob came peacefully to the city of shechem which is the land of canaan it's like jacob it's like whoa that's so good he had this experience with god and actually in that whole healing process and go back and read because it's like a great Hollywood movie where people get reconciled and you think that his brother is about to kill him because he's coming with two or 400 of his men. And this is after the wrestling with God and what happens, they reconcile with each other mm-hmm. and they ask each other to forgive each other. Yeah, they do. And it's like, God does all that in community after we've had that personal time with him. And then in community, there's healing then there's peace. And, and like Megan just said, there's, there's two more that are really just ongoing things, which one of them is be transformed continually, ongoing. We must continue to run the race. We must mm-hmm. continue. And it's, yeah. and it's so crucial in today's world. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Charlotte Gamble just talked at our church this past week about that. I appeal to you, brothers, the members of, uh, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, by, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And that's ongoing. You know, that's not one and done. We are continually being transformed from glory to glory. And, yes. and it is a choice every day. It is a race every day that we are running to win. Um, and, and there is a finish line. There is a finish line also to this podcast. Episode. <laughs> um, 
And, and what that looks like is once we are transformed, we get to see what the will of God is. And it's good. And it's acceptable. Mm-hmm. And it's perfect. Yep. And you'll begin to, to fighting back against like all these things full circle that that show on Amazon where it's saying God's like against you. And like, it's like, man, you'll begin to see like, no, I love like I sit here and I'm living out my true God given identity and, and purpose of being a beloved son. And, and what does that even look like? Well, as a man. I'm getting to be a husband that loves his wife. And there's like, there's nothing better. God, what God has for us is the best. You know, even, even being real, you can go listen to some of the podcasts we love called the Naked Marriage Podcast. Like it has been tested and proven that Christian, like really committed, spirit-filled Christian couples have the best physical sexual intimacy because they're not hindered and not weighed down and not trying to earn it it is is not just fleshly and so man i want to finish on this quote by jensen franklin and then just invite you that you have a purpose for being here who who are you and why are you here the the key to knowing who you are is knowing who God is. The people God uses are the people who depend on him. The less you know God, the more confused you become. So you are here on purpose. God, God, you're not just random and you might be running and running, but there is a God who loves you, who created you, who sent his son to die for all sin, for all time, to forgive you and you know, I, I just think of the prodigal son story and, and I've had the chance to to love on a, a guy recently who just felt so much shame. He he had been and he had felt like he'd been running for, for 15, 20 years, thought I'm I'm disqualified now. Mm. Uh, love, man, if you are running, you know what what'll happen when you stop and you turn around. You think, and you probably think God's a million miles away. Man, I love Luke 15, verse 20. It says, while he, the son, the son who ran from his father, go read the entire parable of the prodigal son. But when the son arose and came to the father, stopped running and came to his father, the father saw him, felt compassion, and ran and embraced him and hugged him and kissed him. And and you look later on and he said, this son of mine was dead, he's alive. Man, God is inviting you today to stop, turn around, wrestle. You don't have to stay where you are. And uh, we just wanna invite you to that journey. Not will you join us, Will you stop running and join God? Will you receive and say yes to life? And if that's you, it's so simple. All you need to do is just in your heart, in your mind, make the decision and say something something like this. 
Lord, I am tired of running from you. I'm tired of, of hurting myself and others, but more than anything, I'm tired of hurting you because you love me so much. God, you are for me. And so God, forgive me for believing these lies, whatever they are. I, I repent of sinning and believing them. And Lord, I turn to you. Help me. Help me to be sanctified. Help me to be renewed in my mind. Help me to believe what is true. Help me to reject what is false. Lord, help me to really fully walk in the truth of who you created me and who you created me to be. Lord, and to finish this race, to run with perseverance, this race that you've marked out. Lord, even lead me to others, lead me to a small group, lead me to a church. Lord, we thank you. You are good. I thank you for anyone who even just prayed this. Lord, that you, Lord, uh, there are angels rejoicing in heaven right now. There are, uh, and we rejoice even right now with them, with those angels. Lord, thank you. You're rescuing somebody, Lord, right now. And we thank you. Bring your children home. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Next time, we're going to be continuing to replace these old lies now that we've, we've laid these first four foundational bricks. Next time, we're actually going to really jump into some practical how-to's how and some facts, some, some biblical facts and some stuff that even science can back up about being created mm -hmm. in the image of God. And what does it mean that we were fearfully and wonderfully knitted, formed in our mother's womb? We hope you'll join us. See you next time. See you next time.